Dixon Janes. I hope you heard my last letter, which I posted on Friday, November 6th. It's now Sunday, November the 8th, and I'm sitting in my road trek in the driveway on a beautiful, beautiful, sunny fall day. It's quite warm, and uh, I wish I was camping, but here I am. It's good to be at home, too. Yesterday, was also nice. So at 10 in the morning, Nalco and I got in her car, the Mazda, and drove to Niagara-on-the-Lake. It's something she wanted to do the week before, but we were having our front porch fixed. It's all finished now. And the weather wasn't as good, so we decided to make the drive. I was surprised at how crowded the town was with tourists. Uh, and in fact, Nelco got very uncomfortable entering shops. There were just so many people there. Um, we spent about an hour. I just sat in the park. I didn't feel like walking much. But I enjoyed just the feeling of being in this huge park. I think it was called Simcoe. And looking at the trees and the, the fall sky. Then we got in the car and drove along the Niagara Parkway all the way to Niagara Falls, past the Brock Monument. Um, I did a turnoff, which I've never done before, into Lewiston, a uh, very nice little place, uh, a few historic buildings, and it's just lovely following along the Niagara River. We stopped a couple of times to take pictures a couple of selfies to send to my son in Vancouver and drove right through Niagara Falls so Malcolm could have a look at the American Falls and the Canadian Falls. We got as far as, um, gosh, I forget the name. It's an Indian name on a river uh, as well. And that was beautiful. And we had... We stopped, we parked the car and stopped and had onigiri. You know, that means these Japanese rice balls with tuna inside and wrapped in seaweed. Nalco prepared four of them before we left. So we had the first one in Simcoe Park in Niagara-on-the-Lake and then the second one along this river. And then just made our drive home. It was a very pleasant day to be out together. I told her a little bit about the book that I'm writing, or putting together, I should say. And she seemed interested, and I think she understood that my memory is so bad that I was happy to find old memories that, of course, she knew that I could share. Um, there were just, you know, 
stories of our time in Japan. We talk about the neighbors, and while I don't remember their names, she was able to recall each family, what they looked like, what happened to them after. And it was a very special, probably one of the happiest times in our lives, living in that really lovely little fourplex, I guess you'd call it, in Kawasaki. I talked about the time we went to this resort, and it was very cheap, and she said that was because our company helped subsidize it. It was a benefit. But it was also cheap because we were uh, living in Kawasaki and so qualified for these discount rates. Naoko reminded me that was because Kawasaki was a, an industrial city, so it had a very large tax base and lots of money to look after the infrastructure and treat its citizens well. So that was yesterday. I'm very glad. And then for supper, we ordered out for the, our usual sushi maki tray from Niji. The small one is $45 if you pay cash, and it's enough for the three of us. But Nelkal thinks, no, you're probably still going to be hungry. So she made uh, yakisoba, which was good with lots of vegetables and hot dog meat and whatever else was around the house. In fact, I just finished it off for breakfast this morning, the leftovers. So that was a treat. Not only that, but she opened the bottle her friend uh, had given her of sake from Japan. And oh my gosh, it was so tasty. Very, very smooth. Because her part of Japan, Niigata, is famous for its rice. And this sake would have been made from that rice, a highly polished rice. And by gosh, it was such a treat to have with our meal. We have a tradition now of the three of us sitting down together and watching a movie or something like The Queen's Gambit, which we enjoyed. So last night we watched one which had uh, Al Pacino and <laughs> Christopher Walken in it. It wasn't great. I think it was stand-up guys or something like that about retired gangsters. And <laughs> I found it very interesting, and my son laughed and said it was made for old people like you because these old gangsters were reliving their youth and, you know, with the help of pills, getting it on with prostitutes and just showing off how they could still punch. It was a light kind of a comedy. I, I thought it was a good story. Um, not a movie I'd highly recommend, but it was pleasant enough to watch. We started watching another one, and when it got to a scene when somebody was spread-eagled, tied to a table with the name um, something about kill, let's kill together or something like watch me kill or something like that, something so ugly as he was slowly bleeding to death, the story of an FBI agent, I realized, no, I just, I just cannot watch this. This is not for me. I mean, it started off with killing somebody's cat. That's not, that's not a good start for me in any movie. So we agreed to stop that and put on this other one instead on Netflix. So today, my plan is to edit the zine, and actually I hope to finish it today and send it out to people. Sunday seems a good day to do that, now that we know 
that Trump lost the election. So last night we had a toast to our son, but I added, and to Joe Biden. And my son said, don't put that on my toast. We laughed. We tease a lot. So today, yes, I have just a little bit more to put in to write for the newsletter, and that's kind of fun. I can't do it right now because my cat is occupying the chair. She was out all night, so I don't want to disturb her. What else? Well, the election, it was a squeaker. I was very tense when it looked so close, but was relieved that in the end Biden had enough electoral votes to be declared president, even though Trump hasn't acknowledged this yet. I don't need to go into how much I despise that man and all he stands for, and especially for others like Mitch McConnell and those who are standing beside Trump and saying, yeah, there was cheating and the left stole it and they're all socialists. I just, it alarms me that there are still millions of people who are love Trump and his style. I don't get it. But it's true. I guess that's enough for now. I hope you're all okay and enjoying whatever it is you're up to. It's nice if you can it's nice if you can get back to me. Let me know how you're doing. You know my address. Dixinjanes at gmail.com Take care. Talk to you later. Bye for now. I just recorded, you know, I said everything I needed to say, and uh, the record button was not on. Doesn't much matter. I'll start all over. Here I am. It is Monday morning, just after nine. I just dropped my wife off at work. Normally she drives, but today we had to take her Mazda in to have uh, the winter tires put on and a lube oil filter change. Uh, Monday, November 9th. And, uh, yeah, I figured, well, why not? You're on Kingston Road anyway. Stop at Bluffers. Uh, and then from here, i got to go back to uh, Active Green Ross and talk to Earl, the manager, and say, uh, make sure you use synthetic oil, please. So, really, I have one reason for writing this, or for uh, writing, there's a slip, um, including this clip, and it was to explain the preceding clip that you just heard that sounded like a letter. It began with Dear Dixon Janes, and the reason was it was just one further exploration on this idea of the similarities between my style of podcasting, which I used to call audio journaling, uh, and letter writing. And I realized 
it's really much more like writing a letter than it is writing in a journal to myself, meant only for me. Uh, This is stuff I want to share with people. Um, So, yeah. Uh, I did it... I didn't have any notes or anything, of course. That's why I couldn't remember the name Chippewa. Chippewa. That's the name I wanted to to, uh, record... So, uh, if that was the, let's say that's the Jeopardy answer, answer, Chippewa. What is the small town just past Niagara Falls with a river running through it? What is Chippewa? Yes, all right, done that, thank you. Sorry, Alex, I, uh, what a wonderful man, and so nice to hear so many accolades and so much media coverage not about his success, but about just what a good man he was. Alex Trebek uh, lost to um, pancreatic cancer at the age of 80. He had a good run, uh, and it was just so nice to hear so many people talking about how much they uh, admired and respected him simply for being a good person. That's great. Uh, anyway, back to the letter writing. Um I delivered that without notes. I just sort of said, all right, I'm going to tell the things I want to tell you on the Dixon Jane's podcast anyway. It was a, the content was basically the same. It was just the delivery. I tried to do it as if they were sentences I would write in a letter, you know, with a, a period at the end and then the next sentence, whereas the podcasting tends to just be me nonstop talking for 20 minutes. Uh, the letter often has breaks and new paragraphs and a section that starts later that day or whatever, you know, next day. So uh, anyway, um, and I'm just curious to know for you, of course, obviously I changed the voice to uh, make it appear different, which I wanted to. But the idea was, you know, as a, as a test, how, how different is this? And in fact, I think the Dixon James podcast is very much like a continuation of the letters I used to write to friends. Um, and I guess maybe if you really dig a little deeper, why did I write those letters? Well, most of the time there was a a really strong need to share, uh, either my happiness or my unhappiness. It was just my, whatever I was feeling, it wasn't enough just to have it. I had to share it. I had to, I had to give it to somebody else. And that was the drive for a letter writing. And I realized, gosh, you know, that really is the same motivation for me doing the Dixon Jane's podcast. I, I don't know how many people really understand that. It's never me feeling, oh, I've got a podcast. I got to put out a podcast this week. It's no, I gotta, I gotta unload something, and it, and that's why it takes place over days. The same way the letter writing always took place over days. It was very rare, unless it was an aerogram, that it was just one shot writing, you know, to my parents or something. If it was to Bruce. It was over the course of a week or longer sometimes. Uh, And the podcast is exactly that, too. So the similarities are very, very strong. There you go. Do do I need to say more? You understand that. I understand that. Um, And and I do find it kind of interesting how it's... Things really are all coming together, uh, at least in my head. It certainly appears that way, and I'm, I'm glad about that. 
Very glad. So I think I'm going to keep this short. I uh, I just left a note in my keys at Active Green Ross. I've got to go back there and make sure he's uh, going to get the job done, hopefully this morning. And then I'll get my son to uh, drive over in the uh, uh, Toyota with me so we can get the two cars back home because I can't walk. That's why. Talking about all this. Yeah. I, uh, I guess I ended last podcast with... Uh, after my talk with my um, neurologist. And it is just some of the simple little tasks. I was trying to attach a drain pipe yesterday, and it was awkward standing on the porch, bending down low to the ground to try and attach this pipe. And I just couldn't do it. The balance wasn't there. I would have fallen. It was just too awkward. I had to leave it for my wife to do. And uh, um, I think there's going to be more and more cases like that of just things that, gosh, I used to be able to do that quite easily. Uh, but I'm, you know, not going to rant on, God damn, there's a bench. I don't know if I'm going to have to come back here. I, I want to go. I, it's so nice to be sitting in the sun. And yet I, I think I told you I had one job to do, or maybe that was in the recording that uh, I didn't record. I've got one thing to do, and that is finish off the uh, Dixon Jane scene today. Uh, and I'm very... Uh, excited about that. I've only got a few spaces to fill, a couple of things to run off. And, uh, gosh, there goes a trailer truck. Glenn Windrum trucking with, oh, it must be so heavy. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, maybe ten, twenty giant rocks, the kind they use, like, on the side of a, an embankment to uh, hold the soil in place and, and make a proper edging. Oh, my God, that is... Uh, you know, I'm just I'm amazed at the weight that a truck could pull those, a trailer could support those. That is a big job. That's that's here on the... Uh, they're, they're doing a wonderful job of fixing up this park. I'm very glad. I don't mind taxpayer money going into this for sure. And this uh, Bluffers Park is very well used. Um, they're just shoring up the embankment. That's what they're doing. Uh, there's a lot of erosion, of course. Uh, anyway, I've got to finish off the Dixon Jane zine with great pleasure and satisfaction this year, this time, this issue, and mail it out uh, starting today, I hope, if it's done. And if at the end of this podcast you think, hey, I didn't get one, how come? I want one then it's up to you to contact me. I think I already told you that. Dixon Janes, D-I-C-K-S-N-J-A-N-E-S at gmail.com and uh, reach me. And uh, I'll uh, decide if you're a nice enough person. By the way, there is the, also the Facebook group. Uh, if you know me and you're not aware of the Facebook group, where we post pictures and, and things about The Rock. It's called Friends of The Rock. And if you'd like to be a part of that, and you're not a jerk, because our, our rule for the Mother's Day camping weekend, and basically for anything else to do with Dixon Jeans, is no jerks. And uh, I think we all have a pretty good idea what constitutes a jerk. That's people who throw axes into trees, for example, or pour, pour kerosene onto the fire when it's already going. Those are jerks. They never get invited back to a Dixon, to a... Um, um, a Mother's Day camping weekend, you know, kind of thing. They would be persona non grata. 
So, uh, yeah, if you're a jerk, don't bother. But then why are you listening if you're a jerk? I'd prefer you stop listening right now. Scarborough Dude, signing out. Did I ring the bell? Yeah, I, I did ring the bell. Yes, all right. No, well, let's get it out and ring it again to close this section off. Scarborough Dude, going home to uh, first get the, make sure the cars are ready to go and then finish off Dixon Jane Zine, the um, Keep Your Damn Distance edition, the COVID edition. Volume 22, number one. And by the way, there will be a spring issue, I'm pretty sure. Bye for now.
All right, I don't know how I'm going to do this, but uh, you may hear uh, voices in the background. Or maybe I just played that as a separate clip. I don't know what I'm going to do yet, but there will be layers, perhaps. I'm back in Bluffords Park. I've been here for two hours. I, I'm kind of unsettled. It's really weird. Uh, you know, sometimes things just set you off, and it's the garbage. You know, I, there is a bench in the sun by the water. Uh, and, of course, that's where everybody in the in the world wanted to be at that same spot. But I lay clean to the bench and, um, you know, didn't mind people surrounding me. Those are the voices, the sounds you'll hear somewhere. Uh, but at my feet, a, a, a fresh McDonald's coffee cup. And all around, everywhere you turn, there are recycle bins and garbage bins. And then some wood where somebody had, you know, built a fire... And there was one fresh new quarter round piece, so I said, "Fuck that, man! You're not you're not supposed to build fires on the ground in the park, anyway. Uh, it's supposed to be closed at eleven. Uh, but anyway, I I picked that up, so I'm very happy. I've got a piece of wood for my next campfire. But the the amount of paper and tissues and things, it's just disgusting. And and I, I guess what's so upsetting." It's not the garbage in itself. It's who are these people who don't understand? You don't do that. You don't fucking do that. You just, you put the garbage away out of sight. You you dispose of it. You don't leave it on the ground for somebody to pick up. So that, that just set me off. And then I, I wanted to get back in the sunshine. Now you can hear a car just starting up. And some guy, he wants to be facing the sun. So instead of doing what I did, you know, you just park between the lines. He takes up two spots so he can be facing directly into the sun. So I made sure. I parked my car right in front of his, like right, bam, cut off. Yeah, buddy, you want to park like that? Well, I'm going to park right in front of you. Because that's a stupid and ignorant way to park. Oh, you know, you shouldn't, you don't want to waste your energy being upset by things. Yeah, I, I gotta I gotta stop this. <laughs> I, I mean it's been a, a nice little outing. I had a very nice talk with a, a, a man 85 years old with a road trek just one year older than mine. A 2007 190 versatile. Beautiful condition. And this guy has traveled all of North America all over like, you know here he is, he's 85. Uh, still, still a strong German accent, wearing these wonderful, these European style caps. Uh, you, Bruce called it his Greek captain's hat or whatever. You, you'll see them on an old movie, maybe with uh, Sophia Loren or Anthony Quinn. Anyway, <laughs> he was a character. So I took his picture. We had a long, long chat about travel and road treks and so on. So that was pleasant enough. But I all along I've been thinking, you know, why didn't you just why didn't you have a talk? You haven't had a talk for it seems like months. Why don't you why don't you just have a little talk, you know? Just the perspective. Yesterday I finished and mailed off the uh the volume twenty two zine number one. Uh, and I was very pleased with the end result. I was pleased with how clean it looked. I even drove all the way to Staples and had 
three copies printed for $5 a piece, but staples in the middle, like 24 pages. I've never done that. They're always 12 pages maximum. 24 pages from 21 different contributors, which is wonderful. And I thought, you know, you have a little toke, and you you look at that in a slightly shifted perspective. And, you know, how, how do you feel about that? And I know I'd be feeling good. Yeah, wow, okay. And and it would trigger off thoughts. Well, who are you going to ask for next time to, to write in, you know? And who didn't get a copy that you really think should be involved and so on? But uh, I didn't have a toke. I, you know, I always have some with me, but uh, I didn't bother. And now, of course, it doesn't matter. I'll be heading home soon. <sighs> yeah, just kind of an unsettled feeling. I don't quite know why. I finished, I spent the morning editing another letter that I had written to Bruce from Montreal, 1976, just before I was working at CP Express, unloading trucks, saving money to go to Mexico with Alvin and uh, Robin. And in the course of the letter, hey, big news, Robin's decided she's going to quit her job and join us. So that was, like, that was actually happening during the course of the the letter and and my weekends in Montreal, discovering a new bar, the Rymark Tavern, and uh, my weekends in Montreal would be playing chess with Alvin and Philippe, his uh, brother-in-law, at their apartment in Montreal. Just again, of a time, 1976, the fall. You know, it's it's there, it's alive still. <laughs> It's uh, quite wonderful. I even I even showed the zine to Naoko yesterday. She was uh, she was impressed, and my and my son with how clean it was done. Neither of them would read it, but um, happy to see it. And then I explained a little more. But no, this is not this is not the same as the the book I'm putting out. This is just a side project. This is a zine. <sighs> so I don't know. Yeah, somebody else just parked. You can hear. That's life in uh, Bluffers. It is still, well, the sun is, uh, I'm directly in line with a tree. The sun is exactly behind that tree, so I'm not blinded by it. But the reflection of the water is just brilliant. And uh, it's lit up the um, weeping willow tree. In fact, that's the one I was, exactly where I was sitting. I'm looking across from it now. There are the, as you know, there are these different areas. There's the boat launch area, the, the cat the cat area, and then the beach. Uh, they're still doing a lot of work uh, fixing it up and uh, building up the embankments and so on. All right. I guess, uh, damn. I have these sponges that I sit on top of the, um, the uh, speakers to filter out noise. And... Um, one of them keeps falling off. I'm gonna have to. I've, fortunately, I got a backup pair when I ordered this uh, my Olympic recorder. I got. I ordered an extra pair, so I'll have to put that on or glue it or something. All right, I will just leave it there. Signing off, Scarborough dude. A bye for now. Yeah, I'm back. It's uh, 10 o'clock at night on um, November 10th, 
There was a gathering tonight online, a Zoom gathering, uh, in honor of Bob Goyetch, who died on this day, and I'm guessing it was four years ago, but maybe it was five. I I don't know. And of course, um, I had planned to join in on this um, gathering, you know. I, in fact, I had it all planned out. I was going to do it in my road trek. I was going to bring my computer out here. I put on Bob's T-shirt today, the one in honor of Bob, you know, the one, and uh, had the um, cup ready to go, the uh, Bob and EJ show. And I, I even pictured it in my mind. I was going to hold that up to the camera and show, look what I got. Here's the Bob and EJ mug. And that was the plan, to join in this event. Kathy was sort of, I guess, hosting it, but uh, she'd posted a remark earlier. It was, it was to start at 7, and she'd posted a remark earlier saying Simon wanted to go to the gravesite today, so she'd be a little later getting back, but people would gather anyway. And it was going to be friends of Bob, and virtually everybody there, I saw the pictures later, uh, I knew and liked and people from PAB gatherings. But something happened during the day that made me decide not to join in. I, I didn't want to join in. And it's, you know, I, I can say, well, I just don't like Zoom calls. And that's why I don't do the church service. That's why I don't join in John's, um, you know, weekly gatherings. But that, I mean, that seemed like a really weak excuse. Oh, you don't like Zoom, so you're not going to go? Like, hey. But somehow my mind got all twisted up over this. And um, and then even, you know, when it was coming, I, I told my wife I was going to be uh, busy at that time. And um, she thought I should join in. But I, I was preparing excuses during the day. I had my reasons why. And it was like I was even talking to Bob and sort of, well, what would would Bob be okay if I didn't join in? And, of course, the answer was yes, sure, do whatever you want, dude. Um, but later after it happened, it was as if I could have heard Bob if he was around tell me, hey, asshole, you should have joined your friends. And that's kind of why I'm talking about this now. I'm trying to explain it to myself. I don't think there's anybody, with the exception of maybe Mark, uh, from a gathering tonight who will listen to this podcast or ever even hear this. So it's it's I'm not making an explanation for the group. Uh, it's for me to try and understand what went wrong. And, and so I had an awkward feeling all evening that, yeah, maybe I did do the wrong thing. And at one point... I was even going to join in. So here, here's, here was the excuse I came up with. Seven o'clock when this was to start is our family time. This is when Daniel Noko and I sit together with supper. We've prepared somehow. We've got something going. It's usually Noko. And tonight I said, well, I'll just put a, she was tired and she got home from work. So I put a, a Saint Hubert chicken and broccoli. 
frozen pie in the oven, and it was delicious. They really are good. But meanwhile, she got some energy and made two salads, one with tofu. Oh, it was so good. And another one, the pasta, carrots and ham. And just, you know, she can just whip these things up. So the feeling was, this is our, this is our time. This, I need this time with my family. It's, it's very special to me now. This Daniel in the middle and, and then Coronation Street's followed by Jeopardy and, you know, Manelco doesn't follow that. It's just too hard to keep up in the English. Um, but Daniel and I do it together and, Tonight she said, get get the sake after I fed the cat. Get the sake. We have a special bottle of sake. So, of course, I toasted to absent friends from uh, Niigata, her, her, her part of the country. And that was it. And then 8 o'clock came and Jeopardy's over. Dan goes upstairs and I'm thinking, well, I, I could probably join in now. But I I just, it felt awkward and the kitchen was a mess. And I no, the right thing to do is do the dishes. Nelko's really tired. I'll just I'll just get in the kitchen and clean up and then next thing it's eight thirty and it's probably too late now. And then just Sue's Muse posted on a Twitter account, We missed you tonight, Ken, or something like that, and that led me to th- start thinking about this. Well, why the hell didn't I go? Like it would have been the right thing to do, but I just, I just don't know what's going on. I, 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 I it's, sometimes it's, it's almost like a stage fright, and it's, it's not. But it's, it's like the fuss I made before Brent and Brandy's wedding. Of you know, just, I just seem to have got stressed about it, and, and that's not a good thing. And I don't know if that's part of aging, or maybe I've just always been that way. Probably I've always been like that, but. In hindsight, the right thing would have been simply join in like everybody else. But at the time tonight, it seemed no. This is time for this is my family time, and I, and I thought Bob would understand that. So, I guess the, this the, maybe this is another. I don't know if it's COVID related or not, but I'm I'm feeling isolated and and distant from people, more distant, and and almost wanting to keep it that way. Like I put out this zine yesterday and mailed it to people, and I felt it, it's almost an insulation. It, it's, it's, instead of sharing, it's a pushing away. Here, take this, read it on your own, alone, away from me. Uh, I, I just, I don't know. So anyway, I said, well, Ken, the only thing you can do now is go get in the van, talk about it. I came out, light a candle for Bob <laughs> and the uh, fire starter thing was broken, wouldn't work. And so anyway, I'm just sitting here in the dark. I guess, I don't know, maybe I have nothing else to say. Oh, my God, there's my cat is on my windshield. It's kind of scary when that happens. Ooh, she's just saying, hey, let me in. Oh, it's just like suddenly a shadow over your shoulder, and it's a cat leaping up to get my attention to come in. So I open the window, and she can she knows how to. 
Okay, Yuki. Come on, you can come now. So I guess that's my cue to bow out from here. So I, I hope... Uh, I don't think there's any forgiving to be done. Um, and and possibly it was not even wrong. I felt relieved when I... I, I announced before the thing that I, I probably wouldn't be able to make it tonight. I didn't say why. And then right after that, Rob Lee said he couldn't make it either. And I thought, okay, good, it's... Not just me, but anyway, I'm I'm glad there was a gathering. I guess maybe here. Let me let me sum it up. It was nice to see the the pictures Mark posted, the screen grabs of the crowd. Uh, it was nice to see so many friends, so many people I like, and I guess that's why I'm talking now. Because well, why the hell didn't I join them? Why didn't I simply join them? Why did I? Sometimes you, you just get thoughts in your head or layers or. or complications that are totally unnecessary but they just they just mess your head up and, and I, I've been like that all day today I mentioned earlier you know, I wanted a toke but I, I didn't have a toke and I, and just, I was just unsettled just unsettled alright I'm going to leave it there and I'm going to play with my cat so uh, I hope somebody hears this I think um, if, if no one else I think uh, Jason Reese will understand kind of what it's like to uh, be in your head too often sometimes. Scabber Dude signing off with my cat inside the road trek. Uh, and yeah, I, Bob was just the most amazing, wonderful person and uh, just an absolute one of a kind and, and a person today he is the one that's like, who's your favorite beetle? There has to be one who, okay, this is the guy who I would... Uh, I would go to. This is a guy I could talk to. This is a guy I, I just respected enough that that I would want his opinion if ever I needed needed. I've said that before. I won't go on about it now. But I had uh, a great deal of uh, admiration, love, and respect for Bob. Bye for now. inspired rock
of scattered clouds. They're a band from Hull, Quebec. That music is about growing up in Hull. It's called La Politique. This is After Dark on CBC Music. Oh, hang on. Yo! Yeah. Listen, if this sounds shitty, you got to blame Fog Tom. That would be Tom Lucier of Windsor, Ontario. A bastard's complaining about my fucking sound all the time. Tom, I'm an old fucking man. I make noises. Jesus Christ. He's always smacking his lips. He says, can't stand. i got to shut the fucking podcast off, Tom says. Jesus. Listen, I've been... Since, since the first time you made that claim, I switched... To low sensitivity. Hold the mic farther, farther away. Okay, farther away now. Still hear me? Okay, farther away. All right, there. Because I was holding it too close. Well, I did that. I, I thought it was an improvement. And then, you know, six months later, listening to the latest Shane and Tom podcast, uh, I get this insult again. Fucking disgusting sounds. So anyway, I'll let it go, Tom. I mean, I forgive you all the time. Because there's, I don't know what you are capable of doing that I wouldn't forgive you for, but uh, anyway, this is a new setup, holding this fucking thing at arm's length, high sensitivity, and uh, we'll see if this is any better on your delicate ears. Uh, To the rest of you people out there, greetings once again, Scarborough Dude, probably putting out the last clip for this particular episode, it is Thursday, uh, November 12th, um... Had a nice day yesterday. I drove down to, after seeing the 85-year-old man and his road trek down at Buffers Park, I figured I'd take mine out. So I drove it down yesterday. It was fun. Just, you know, all you do is unplug the fucking thing, put the cord away, and drive like any other vehicle. So down to Bluffers. Uh, it was very, very nice. Yeah, I got to tune out CBC. Um, and, uh, but forgot to bring my um, recorder. So... Nothing from there then, but it didn't really matter. I just had a really pleasant time. Uh, today I am doing the usual editing the letters. I'm not editing, but I'm just, when I dictate, of course, it doesn't do the punctuation properly or spelling or anything, you know. So I've got to go back and painstakingly letter by letter, you know, sort of fix this, fix this, fix this. And it's very hard when you've got a cat in your lap and you're trying to do everything with one hand with a keypad, you know. Anyway, uh, listen, there is there is one topic I wanted to um, explore, and it's about the use of time. I am still on a very focused, uh, concentrated effort to put this book together. And it's like in the old days when you got a job, suddenly you found, oh, I don't have less time, I have more time. Because you become, you get into routine, you become efficient, you, you just, your metabolism starts getting used to this action and doing and going and moving and getting things done. And um, it's the same now that I've got this project that I'm sort of single-minded on every single day. I'm choosing a new letter to go in in, in what order, looking at, okay, what are the what are the dates? When was the last one? Okay, that was from the 70s. So I've got to jump right up to the 80s now and then go backwards just so you're making sure there's not a sequential order. And maybe, you know, vary one for my parents, one, one to uh, 
Bruce and, and switch it up a little bit. That's that's what I'm doing anyway. I'm single-mindedly doing this. But as a side effect, I think I've started to become more efficient with my own time. Um, just little things. I've always been lazy. and as the, the default has always been, okay, do it later, do it later, do it later. Well, you know, with a wife like mine, sometimes you have to eventually, it, it becomes later and it's time. So I, I'm having had the eavesdrops fixed and the front porch uh, repaired, fresh cement on it, and the Acura towed out of the garage. I'm feeling good. Things got done. But it, it's more than that. It, it's like there's a stack of books that just keeps getting bigger and bigger. Um in my office room and there are books that okay I've either read them or I'm not going to use them again these should go back down to the basement well that's two floors down so now another time I'll just leave them here for now it doesn't really matter so today I had to knew I had to go to the basement to get a can of beans for lunch and was in my room upstairs and thought, oh, well, now would be the time. Since you have to go down there anyway, pick up these books now and do it on the same trip. Now, that is just seemingly the most insignificant, stupid, pathetic, weak-minded example of being more efficient with time. But it's more than that. It's actually, there's been a, a new process put in place just to do things a little more efficiently. Do them while you think of them. Do them in that moment, I, I've I've taken better control over time and how I use time. That, that's it, boy. I'm having a hard time. I knew I would have a hard time explaining this because it just it seems so insignificant, but it's not because time is the most fucking important thing you got in your life. It's all you got is time. And for somebody like me who's a procrastinator and, and can just idle away time just sitting there, especially with a cat in your lap, it's come as a, as a bit of a surprise and, and a pleasant one to, to, to feel like I'm gaining control over my time. Like there's a sense, often I'm the type of, you know, the old squirrel thing. Oh, squirrel, something distracts you and off you go and do that thing. And I've been able to sort of prevent that from taking over. That if I'm doing something, no, I'm going to finish this page first. And then I'll get up and attend to the next thing. And and most people maybe live their lives like that all the time. But for me, this is is a revolutionary change. I'm listening to myself. There's a new inner sense developing that's telling me, when to do something or when not to do something. And it's all, I think, as a result of the fact, I, you know, partly the fact that, hey, I'm getting older um, and I really, this project I'm on, I really do have to finish. So maybe on a subconscious level, I'm just more aware of the importance of time. But it, it's seemingly a little more abstract than that. It's a little more of just being in tune, in the flow, in the in the right way of not fighting, not resisting, not jumping, not jerking, but just doing things in the right motion at the right time. 
Okay, I'll leave that there if I hope somebody understood that. Um, God, it's another beautiful fall day, and I, I felt a little bit of guilt about uh, not getting out, you know, just hop in the car, drive down to uh, Bluffers. But, you know, well, what's the difference if you're going to sit in your car or you're going to bring a lawn chair and just sit there? I, I got things to do. So uh, instead I finished editing or proofreading is better than editing, right? Just checking things uh, of a letter from, um, God damn, a time in 1982, May 1982 in Nigeria, when I really went on a wild little holiday on my own. It started off with just recovering from malaria and having incredible pain in my arms and waking up thinking I had bone cancer and then doing a little research and going to the hospital, you know, nearby, with, with the, run by the sisters. And they said, no, no, that's just the, the malaria, the uh, whatever these things are. I wrote them down, sporozoites or something. I haven't left your body yet. They're still in here, you know, they're still attacking liver cells. And uh, these are some of the side effects. You've got this ache. It was just fucking miserable. But uh, anyway... It just involved this bar, a woman called, I nicknamed Blackie Jumpsuit, from a bar called Costine's, uh, me threatening to punch a policeman and having to pay off a little bit of a bribe to be let go with my girlfriend, and oh, it was wild, and I think, holy shit, I did that? God damn, man. <laughs> so... That was fun. Anyway, I got that done in place, and it felt really right. And, it, and it's funny because it followed exactly a letter from my father, or written to my father personally, about how stable I was. You know, this is in, we've gone from 1982 to 1991, maybe, and here I am, you know, 1990, married with a, a baby at home and a wife, living in Japan, working hard. Uh, and yet, at the same time, I was describing my Chinatown bar tour. So, basically, it's the ramblings of a drunk. I've, I've been a drunk a lot of my life, and a drunk in the best sense of the world, the most honorable sense of the world. A drunk who just says, "Well, fuck it, let's have fun, let's go, let's let's loosen up, let's just let's just damn the torpedoes full speed ahead." That kind of a drunk, a zen-like crazy wild drunk uh, never in my life a fight while I was drunk never you know physical abuse or meanness just let's just have fun drunk so anyway that's a big part of the story and and so I'm I'm thrilled I'm at a point where I really do feel I'm living with a purpose and uh, that's a goddamn good feeling telling you and uh it's time for me to stop being apologetic about it found somebody else um who actually has <laughs> just this second texted me we reestablished contact because i mentioned in in that same letter i met some guy from bc Akuso from bc called rick uh we were having a few beer together and enjoying it talking in a in a bar called uh the hamdala and so I texted him this morning and said, hey, are you the Rick? He said, yeah, yeah, that's that's when we first met. And uh, so he's just texted me back. I mentioned the, the bar Costines, and he's he's written Costines with three exclamation marks. 
Uh, beautiful. Uh, just amazing. Yes, that was the place. Uh, I won't. Um, I won't um, read too much of it because it's probably personal too. I guess what I found is another soul who most of us, when we wrote our Kuso handbook, or the letters for Kuso, they were pretty sanitized and they were, you know, pretty good versions of, of our better selves. And I think uh, Rick may possibly have been one of the person who, uh, like most of the friends I hung out with, uh, Brian and Peter and others, uh, had a wild side too. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop now um, and get back to. I want to answer him. I just you know, there's times in life when you're fucking happy. Sometimes I reflected that in letter writing. Now I'm doing it in a podcast. I'm fucking happy, and I'm pleased, and I'm content, and I'm satisfied, and I and I just feel, God damn it, I I won the lottery. I've I've got it all, and you know. Make of that what you want. That's coming, remember, that's coming from a guy who's, uh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I just I just choose to see the positive things. Tom, I hope that was a little better. I, I, you know, I apologize for being rude to you and, and uh, your sensitive ears. Just try and do my best. Scarborough Dude. Signing out from uh, inside the road trek and uh, full of full of beans today. Full of beans. Sharpened up a 